Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters. Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. I'm Linda Schub in San Diego, California. I'm your host for this episode, and today I'm very excited. We will be speaking with two women who are actively involved in bridging the gap for young adults in terms of how do they successfully complete their high school education and move either into college, a job, or a career. Um, on this program, Leadership Matters, we have spoken several times about this issue. We've talked about mentorship programs. We've talked about people that age out of the system and how difficult that is. Today, um, and most recently, the research is informing us that young adults really do not develop their decision-making and impulse-controlling skills until they're about 24 years old. So nonprofits, education system, and the workforce are having to develop and redevelop or renew programs that are targeted for this age group so that they can land um, successfully and begin their jobs and careers um, on a positive start. Particularly today, we have with us two guests who are focused on high school-level programs for high school students. And um, we will hear some stories about how the school programs and corporate partnerships and other creative solutions um, all work together to address this issue of the 18- to 24-year-old. We have with us Ms. Cindy Salgado, who is a registered nurse, and she has an MBA at Children's Hospital in Los Angeles and in San Diego County, and she currently holds a position in hospital administration with Palomar Health Systems. Um, her responsibilities are mostly around hospital operations, patient flow, and administrative issues. In her spare time, Cindy is highly involved in the community, and she works with one of our local high schools, Claremont High, where she serves as a mentor to three 10th grade students. We'll talk more about that program and its goals uh, in a bit. Secondly, we have with us Victoria Vergara, who is a teacher in Alexandria, Virginia at Thomas Edison High School. And Victoria, with decades of experience as an educator, also manages the program on campus at the high school called the Young Democrats Organization. And while we're not here to talk about Democrats or Republicans, we are here to talk about how programs like that uh, assist in the development of leadership skills. So, long introduction. Welcome, Victoria and Cindy. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Uh-huh. Would you each take a moment and just provide a bit of an overview about maybe, uh, Victoria, you could start 
yourself, your background, how you got into the program, and, you know, how what you observe about the leadership development that occurs, just kind of high level. Uh, well, when I came to Edison from Texas in 1998, I was asked to sponsor the Young Democrats. And at first, it started out as a program just, you know, promoting uh, Democratic candidates that are running for office. And I realized real quickly that it turned in, in into this program where the students not only did this, obviously, they also developed these leadership skills as a result of their actually working with within uh, or trying to get these candidates elected to office, and they developed these leadership skills that then they shared with others. Hmm, fascinating. And so are they willing participants when they come into this? Yes, because it's a voluntary organization. It really has nothing to do with, you know, with the, with the school with regard. To, I mean, we're affiliated through the school, but they don't get credit for it, and they don't get anything for it. And so if a child goes in there, these are children that are already politically motivated and want to do this, and I don't even think that they realize that they're developing leadership skills until when they're, until they're further into the program and they realize that they've learned these skills and it, and it turns into, for some of them, um, you know, job opportunities, and and they then, in turn, mentor others. Hmm. It sounds really interesting. It sounds complex, more complex than you're stating it. Um, yeah, it let's get... Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, that's all. Okay, let's, Cindy, if you don't mind, to give us an overview and the introduction of how you got involved in looking at development of uh, young adults. Sure. So, as you mentioned, Linda, I am a registered nurse. My background is healthcare. I've been in healthcare for two decades, the last 14 of which I've been a nurse, um, either at the bedside or in administration or in education. And this particular program, I came to learn about this program through meeting one of the instructors at the high school. So, as you mentioned, it's at Claremont High School. And the official title of the program is the Academy of Business. And they were actively recruiting mentors out in industry. They wanted professionals in the community who could mentor these kids. And I have been mentored both professionally and through more uh, career development programs in the hospitals where I've worked, but I've also had mentors on a personal level. So I thought it would be a great way to give back to the community, and it's a really well-developed program, and I'm just in one small component, which is the mentoring program piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, Cindy, you had some statistics before that um, were compelling in terms of the need, and what is it that creates the need for us to focus on this particular population of uh, young adults, men and women both, that are trying to, you know, get their sea legs or their career legs early on, um, I think you had some great statistics that you shared before. Mm-hmm. So one of the focuses of the program is to, to truly um, recruit and seek out our at-risk youth. And um, these students are either referred by an instructor or apply to be part of the program. It's a three-year program. They apply in their freshman year, and they complete it throughout their high school career. And uh, on average, in the Academy of Business, 
40% of the students will be the first in their family to graduate high school. 51% will be the first in their family to go to college. 95% continue their education at a community college or university. And 100% of the 12th grade academy students participate in workplace internships. And many of them actually receive job offers because of these internships. So it's really focused on students who need the resources, who are looking for the opportunities and are just motivated but don't have all the tools. So these are students going to high school who have an opportunity to take up a mentorship program, and that's open to everybody and a certain group selects to join in? It's open to everyone their freshman year, and it is a selection process. It's very much like applying to a job or like applying to a college, and so there is an application, there are interviews, et cetera, and so it's a three-year program. Once they are accepted, they are selected by instructors and also mentors and community leaders that are involved in the program, and then they begin the next year in their 10th grade on to their junior and senior year. Wow, that's fascinating. And so the district, does the district overall support that program, or is it a uh, high school campus local program? It is. It does have um, district-wide regional occupational programs, so the ROP is financed in part by that, and it is um, part of a larger curriculum program, correct? Ah, well, we'll be interested to hear a little bit more about that one, too. And back to you, Victoria. Um, did you have any statistics or data or when, what, through your young uh, Democrats program, what do you all look at in terms of the development of these folks or what drove the program in the first place? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the last part. What was the driver to establish the program in the first place? The driver to establish one, from what I understand, was that they, they had not had a Young, Democratic, a young Democrats um, organization at the high school. And you always want to get students involved, no matter which party it is. You want to get them politically motivated because, you know, they are uh, the future voters and they're going to make public policy for us eventually. And so we, the idea was to get them involved and get them started. And so when I came on, um, I agreed to take them on, and there were no, um, at the beginning, because they weren't used to having one, we had very few people actually join. And statistically, I would say that overwhelmingly, they were um, uh, what we call children of color. They were minority children. You had very few uh-huh. uh, white students. You had, you know, a lot of minority students. And, and that was just because of the demographics within the area. As it's gone on, uh, you know, now 17 years, it, is, it, it fluctuates. You know, sometimes we'll have a high percentage of, of African-American students. Sometimes we'll have a high percentage of Hispanic students. Sometimes we'll have a high percentage of white students and Asian students. It just depends on the election, whether it's local, state, or, or national, the, who the candidates are. Uh, unlike the program that Cindy described, we don't have any vetting process for these for these students. We invite everybody to come and see if they if they want to um, to participate in in the process. And some come deeply committed, others come undecided, and um, and we take it from there. 
Interesting. And does is that part of their curriculum, or is that like extracurricular? Do they get this is extracurricular. For, so no it's school told, credit. They don't get school credit. Uh, they may get if they're if they're enrolled in the international baccalaureate program, which is we are we're, we are an Ivy school. They may get um, a, a community service hours for it, but uh, at some point they only get so many hours for it, and these kids work so long that they they go they exceed the required number. So at that point, you know that uh, they're really doing it because they have this motivation. It's like it's inherent in them, and so they they don't even it gets to the point where they don't even come and verify their um, their community service hours because they're so involved in the process. Wow. And then what do you see, so both of you, for both of you, as you see these young adults leaving their high school experience and moving on, um, how, how do you observe that that changes their perspective, not only towards, you know, politics or graduating where they are, but thinking about themselves as leaders and the impact they can make on the world? That's a very big question. Um, Oops. I might be hearing music indicating that we're going to a commercial break, but maybe I heard music in my head. So um, I would say thinking about the people that you work with in high school, do they ever come back and contact you afterwards? You want to take this one? Sure. Okay. Um, Mine do. My young Democrats, they come back a lot, uh, because, and uh, they come back because they've either gotten jobs um, in, with, with the particular, with any uh, candidate, they've gotten jobs with the actual political party, and um, they come back and they, they seek to recruit more people to work for the individual program, for the individual candidates in, in their different, you know, runs for office. So I get a lot of, of return information about uh, what they actually learned within the Young Democrats, and, and I have found that um, they, they don't realize why they're actually doing it. They're doing, you know, they're conducting, they're organizing phone banks, they're organizing canvassing operations, they're going out and talking to people, they're learning the issues, they're, they're doing everything that a political operative does. But they don't see that as, as, as activity that political operatives do until they become what they consider formal political uh, operatives, when they've been that since the beginning. Well, so just then they don't even realize, oops, we're going to break, and we will clarify what you were saying right after break. Thank you all. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with Cindy Sargado and Victoria Vergara. Thank you very much, and stay tuned. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. 
or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Conversations concerning money can be a bit daunting. There can be limitations with building wealth. And in general, people don't want to discuss their money until now. Listen each week for Conversations with Money, featuring Franco Calagiri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our guests make money the conversation piece. How to build and maintain wealth, working with charities and money and family members. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Hello, thank you for staying with us over this commercial break. I'm Linda Schub, your host for this episode of Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. Today we are talking about um, program safety nets and bridging the gap between um, high school and college or high school and career for young adults aged 18 to 24, we have with us Cindy Salgado, who volunteers in a mentorship program at a local high school in San Diego, and Victoria, I have the hardest time pronouncing your last name, Vergara, Victoria Mm -hmm. Vergara, um, who Mm -hmm. teaches at Thomas Edison High School in Alexandria, Virginia. And before the break, we were just talking about um, whether or not the young leaders that they're developing come back to visit them. So, Victoria, would you give us an, some example, perhaps, of um, how do you know if you're successful and what do they say if they come back and um, what have they learned about leadership in hindsight? Uh, we, have, we have one young man in particular who graduated in 2002 from high school. And then uh, he graduated from college in 2006 and immediately he came back um, and uh, asked to meet with the Young Democrats and um, he, you know, he'd gone on and gotten, a, you know, his, his bachelor's, and he, he got a job working with uh, the local Democratic Party. And, uh, he had, and he had managed to uh, get hired on as well by a candidate that was running for the state legislature. And he came in and he explained to the students exactly what he had learned through the Young Democrats organization, not only the high school, but also with the association um, at the state level. And how Wait, they who had, explained that to whom? I missed the part. Who? Uh, how the, was that young, learning and the skills? Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a young man who had, had been he he had been the president of our Young Democrats, and so he had organized our Young Democrats for two or three years at Edison, 
And so then by the time he graduates college, he comes back and he uh, and immediately makes contact with me. He wants to come in, talk to the Young Democrats, and, um, and recruit them to work for a campaign he'd been hired on to. And, uh, but mm-hmm. he, what I learned from him was that he had made, after he left high school, the connections that he had made uh, and the mentors he had found through the party itself provided guidance to college for him. And, and so he explained to students that the idea of mentoring uh, that the, this political party did for him extended through high school, through college, and now afterwards. And so it didn't make really any difference which political, you know, what political affiliation he had. He realized that there is, there is mentoring that exceeds, that, that exceeds the high school. And it, it even goes past college. I mean, past, you know, past college into the professional life. And it started well, at that's, the... So were you going to say something, Cindy? Or, no, I think that I was thought Victoria. I heard a voice. I, I'm no, sorry. I was just going to say to Victoria. I was just going to say to Victoria um, that it's very interesting, and I'm wondering: do they um, translate those into workplace competencies? You know, when we talk about skills and that kind of thing, we're talking about competencies yes. to be effective. And how do they translate that? They, um, there have been many. This is just one student, but I've had several students. Many, in fact who the, what they learn and what they become competent in and really, really, you know, highly skilled at during this process at the high school level. They learn the process. They, they, they acquire the skill. And that competency and those skills open do, opens doors for them to get jobs in other fields in addition to the, the political field. The idea of organizing and the idea of learning this skill and, 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 and being able to take responsibility for bigger, pro, you know, larger product, uh, projects is something that they don't realize they're acquiring. They don't realize it until they get a job because they have that skill. And it was learned through this program. It's extracurricular for them. They don't get credit for it. Mm-hmm. And do they label those skills? You know, we go into work and we're supposed to do teamwork and influence and mm-hmm. um, the translation into the workplace competencies. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see that? Do you talk about that? And they, they come back a lot and talk about that, especially when they come back and talk to my new batch of young Democrats about the, the, the skills that they learned. You know, is something, are, are skills that they're using every day in, in, their, in, their, in their lives, in their professional lives, because it is, it is a skill. They don't. They they may not at the high school level realize that they're learning this skill, and they are, and then they become mentors themselves. Mm-hmm. And so it's and very. It's uh, unlike Cindy's program that that's more or you know that's highly developed. This is kind of this is kind of you know loosely. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's not organized at all, but it. In, in, not in the way that Cindy's is, because, you know, the school district lets us, you know, have our political, you know, our, our, you know, our, our young Democrats, young Republicans, whatever you want. They don't, I don't think that they realize just how effective these programs are, because mm-hmm. it's extracurricular. Interesting. So effective. What I hear, I'm sorry, sorry, Linda. Just wanted to make a comment that it sounds like they're also learning, the students are also learning about the importance of grassroots 
effort in whatever political issue that they would like to take on after high school as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 you know, and other than lobbying, grassroots efforts, you know, are, is, you know, is, that's a political process, lobbying and grassroots efforts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, they don't, and if you yeah. take it out of the political process and put it mm-hmm. into any career or uh, any industry, would exactly. the same foundations apply, the same, you know, learnings apply? I think In terms they do. of leadership, Yeah. I think they do because they learn. It, they can because not, obviously not all my young Democrats go on and you know and become political operatives. You know they become accountants, they become teachers, they become lawyers, they become doctors. And but the idea that they learn this skill transfers to other fields. It's, it's like I think what Cindy's doing. They're per, on, on, but the, the difference is that you know Cindy has, um, from what I understand, she's got guidelines. And that, mm-hmm. that they follow, and that to prepare these these students for specific careers, we mm-hmm. just yeah, and that, and that brings up a good point, Victoria, because the program not only is the program highly developed, it was founded in two thousand four, and so it's been going on for for a while now to to develop that sophistication. The mentoring component is just one aspect of it, and so that's really the the spot that um, where I find myself and that I can speak directly to. And there is a lot of structure. And Linda, to your question about what are these students learning transferable to the workforce and mm-hmm. to the workplace, uh, we meet every month. Uh, we meet actually in their school library. We all have a, a conference table or tables that are gathered to make a conference table. I conduct the meeting. And really what they're learning is um, skills you need for not only being a member of a, a meeting where you're engaging in teamwork and communication, but they're seeing how they could in the future hold a meeting, um, how not look at their cell phones while you're having group discussion, while you're working on a problem, how to communicate respectfully when you a difference of opinion, et cetera. So those are, I think, directly transferable. And the mentoring program is geared in that way. Every session has a topic. Every session we have a special focus. And I think that that's, um, that's critical for helping them to have that focus once they get into the workplace as well. I, I agree. Uh-huh. I totally agree. Mine is not that highly structured at all. Mm-hmm. Yet, um, yet, we, yet every time we have a meeting, we've got a new focus, a new focus, mm-hmm. and it's a new focus. Mm-hmm. And within the last two election cycles, the last two national election cycles, uh, the focus was very clear for every, every time we met. And so that, you know, I think Cindy makes a good point about the, 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 the kids, you know, having that focus, and I think it's very necessary. But the last two election, national election cycles, we had that focus. We hadn't had it before. But it just, I think, emphasized the importance that was being placed on them. So for students mm-hmm. that are, you know, sophomores, juniors, and seniors, and they're being given this responsibility, and they take it on and they do it well. They, it is something that for them uh, shows, you know, or provides evidence that, that, they're being ta- that they're being taken seriously. So that, that, that know, creates more initiative. Yeah, and one of the things that it strikes me is psychologically in terms of self-esteem and self-confidence, this must really give those uh, young adults some, uh, a better sense of where they're on target and where their judgment and how they align with their peers, and 
um, really build their confidence to go out and try to influence others or take on leadership opportunities. Absolutely, Linda. I, I would just add to that as well that I feel the students uh, through this program, and not just the mentoring component, but through all of the uh, the programs and the curriculum that is through the Academy of Business, they learn to um, to really develop things like smart goals, um, resilience, and um, they really go out there with a the confidence that even if they're faced with a problem that they don't know how to handle, that they will be able to figure out a solution or to find resources to come to a solution. And I think that's something as a young adult that I think is so critical. As we know in the workplace, many, many people don't know how to do that and uh, sometimes find themselves not being able to move forward. And so I think that's something that the students are learning. Well, and it's particularly interesting to me that you bring that up because Sometimes I think that this generation, their resourcefulness is on Google.com. And so when it comes to building relationships and strategic relationships in a, in a workplace, um, uh, they may lack some of those skills because they've been able to find everything out online and, you know, in a kind of a recipe format. Um, one of the things I noticed that you mentioned, Victoria, was that it's not um, that it's got a lot of variety between the individuals in terms of what they choose to do and what they learn and how they learn. Um, and so it's almost like every program is custom tailored, but they end up being better leaders out of it, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, depending on how you define I'm sorry? Go ahead. Depending on how you define leadership, but go ahead. Yeah. It, yeah, but you know when you, something just struck me in, in with what um, Cindy was saying and, and what you were saying as well, is that the workplace for my students when they go out to campus when they conduct you know uh, phone banks when they're organizing rallies when they're doing stuff like that that's their workplace and what right. they have to learn talk about the Google generation we don't send them out there at least I don't until they're well versed on on the political issues of the day. And and I and and not only the well by well versed, I mean they've got to be contemplative about it. They've got to be deliberative about it. They've got to understand that for every claim that they make, there's a counterclaim, and I expect them to know them. Because when they get out into that workplace, if they're not able to state uh, their views in in a in a in a cogent, coherent way, then they've done nothing. But it, it but it doesn't end there. It ends with they've got to accept that somebody else thinks differently and be able to engage in intelligent, respectful discourse with these people that may have, may have different opinions. That, that, their ability to do that shows that leadership. That is a, such an important point, and I think you had something right on the head there. And I'm being cued that we need to go to commercial breaks. So for now, please don't change the channel. Uh, listen to the commercial and... Stay with us on Leadership Matters, informing leaders and inspiring solutions. I'm Linda Shube, and we'll be right back with Cindy Salgado and Victoria Vergara to hear more about how to bridge the gap for young adults in our society.
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Hello, thank you for staying with us. This is Linda Schub hosting today's episode of Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. Today we are talking with Cindy Salgado and Victoria Vergara regarding um, high school students and young adults between the age of 18 and 24 and the type of either programs or opportunities that exist to help them bridge their success during that time frame, during that age frame of 18 to 24 years old. Um, Right before the break, we were talking about a couple of programs at local, well, not local, but different high schools, one in Alexandria, Virginia, and one in San Diego, and how they engage uh, mentors and uh, create programs such as Young Democrats or other programs that help these uh, high school uh, juniors, seniors mostly, to develop some leadership skills. And then at the break, we were briefly mentioning there are other things um, that are used that are very effective in helping young adults to get a sense of themselves and develop their leadership skills um, that are not programmatic, so to speak, on a high school campus. And one of those, um, Victoria, maybe you can fill us in on what you know and understand the gap year 
to be, which is quite popular in Europe. Yeah. Um, can you I, help us understand that? Well, the whole idea behind the gap year is, from, from what I know, uh, is that the, when they graduate high school, that they take a year off and that they, you know, to get a feel for what they might really want to study. You know, in the United States, we're very geared to having students know what they're going to major in, and they go right from high school into college. And there's all that pressure about, you know, their senior year and everything that goes with that. So we, we don't give, in the United States, many students the opportunity to sit back a year and think about what they really want to do. And during that year, maybe take on an apprenticeship or an internship, that gap year. And there's no guidance for them, for, the, for that student that wants to do that. And so they, a lot of them don't know what they want to do. So they go, they go ahead and go to college. They do what's expected of them. These are kids that are very bright. They're very driven. But now, you know, they're in college, and they've been, you know, they've been mentored pretty much their whole lives until that point. Then they go to college, and they're on their own, and they really don't know what they want. Well, and a lot of them fail, and they drop out of school. If we had given them that gap year, they might have taken that year through an apprenticeship or uh, an internship or just a job at something they really yeah. like and found the direction. And so, you know, we talk about what happens after high school. Well, there's that. Not only do we not have that gap year, we no longer have that mentoring, any kind of mentoring for these students. And so a lot of times I think in the United States we think that gap year is send your kid to Europe to go backpack around and yeah. express themselves. That's not the yeah. same concept that you're talking about. No. Mm-mm. I'm talking about a gap year where they take a gap year. I know I used to, because, you know, I'm originally from Texas. And in, uh-huh. in Laredo, Another Texas, country. <laughs> yeah, another, yeah. And, um, okay. and so in Laredo, we had a, we had a, we have to this day a, a fairly large Jewish um, uh, um, uh, people living in town. It's a, they're very, um, they're very, it's a very strong group. It's very, it supports, you know, a lot of the, the activities in the community. So they're very strong and they're, they're very well respected. But I remember uh, a lot of our Jewish students would take the gap year and yeah. because of the right, because of right of return, they would spend a year on a kibbutz. And oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so they'd go and they'd spend this year on the kibbutz and they'd be working and they'd be doing this or, you know, and they'd be actually doing something that was not academic. And that year helped them to get focused as to what they really wanted to do. Right, so the non-academic environment isn't all about test-taking. It's a little different way to learn life lessons, Mm -hmm. I think. Exactly. The gap year, I think, is an excellent year. I'm, but, you know, my own sons didn't do it. But then that, you know, that's just something that never entered my mind. Yeah, we're not programmed. We're programmed to think hurry, 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 which probably mm-hmm. undermines the success of these young adults, um, mm-hmm. given that we do know, you know, the research around it takes them longer to develop than mm-hmm. they're still developing when we legally announce them to be adults and get out of the house and go get a job. And Mm -hmm. maybe they're not really thinking, like you're saying, about what's their interest, what are their strengths. I do a lot of work Mm -hmm. with strengths, you know, and you can spend all your life developing your weaknesses, but you can get a lot farther uh, leveraging your strengths. Mm -hmm. And a lot of kids don't get that. That's true. 
And Cindy, mm-hmm. do you see on the high school campus where you volunteer, do you see um, anybody talking about taking a year to uh, decompress and re-energize and focus, or is it just contiguous, do what you have to do next? Well, I think that especially in this particular program, there is a very focus on helping really what's supposed to be happening in that gap year to happen during high school. And, uh, you know, they enter in the 10th grade, their junior year, they're taking their core classes along with business electives. So I think it might be a little bit of of the opposite. I think there's definitely not a a lot of talk about taking a year off. It's, It's more geared towards making sure that when they graduate that they're ready to go at that time. And I think a lot of it has to do with demographics. A lot of these kids are already in high school holding a job because they are responsible for contributing to the household income. So there's just, there's some constraints there. But I think internships through the Academy of Business is one place where that was happening in that gap year could happen in internships where it's outside of the, the academic setting it's in a, in a business setting in, a lo- in the local community. And students start to develop skills. They bring their own skill set to the job, but also start to see different industries and start to develop, maybe this is what I enjoy, or quite the opposite. Um, whether a student goes into a hospital setting and sees the underbelly of the operations and thinks, you know, I really <laughs> I don't want to be in leadership, et cetera. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um just because it's all so expedited, it's so quick. And yeah. where and even the fact that you say it overlaps in high school they're taking college classes or doing their internships, which I did, but it was more at a high school level. It wasn't preparing me for something else. It was preparing me to understand what I was learning in high school. Um and, and to clarify, they are, they are not college courses, but they do have college credit available. Some of their classes do. Uh-huh. Interesting. And so um, what, as we were talking a little bit earlier, what, um, when you hear back from these folks and they come back around, do you ever hear people say, gee, I wish I'd had a year to work before I went on to more education or those kinds of things? I mean, it's one thing for us to look at employees coming in to the organization. That's kind of my perspective and how well prepared they are. But I, ha- I don't spend a lot of time looking at what gets them prepared and how do they decompress and renew in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll get I'll get young Democrats come back, or or just former students who uh-huh. you know spent their junior and senior year getting ready for college, and just getting ready for college, and then and then get in, and then some because they fail, you know, they they don't do well, so they they uh, they're not allowed to return to school. Some because they have you know economic difficulties that they have to face, which means that they take uh, you know four gap years, and some who went straight through. You'll always get kids, you know, that'll come back and say, I wish I had taken time to decide my major. I wish I had some guidance. But it's that, you talk about gap years, it's not only, um, you know, it's not only, you know, the gap year itself where kids take off. They face this gap of 
not having that guidance. So they're kind of steering, and they don't really know where they're steering to. So they go by they go, you know, what by what's expected of them. And so you're saying the programs are attached to the high schools, but then if I'm a high school senior and I graduate, where do I go out in the big open world to find mm-hmm. a mentor or a program to help my success? It doesn't exist. Not that I know of. I'm sure unless individual universities have mentoring programs, and I'm not privy to any of that. But that, I think, is where, you know, since, you know, that I, I thought about it uh, today while I was getting ready to, to, to speak with you, is that we are, you know, the high school, we are a mentoring program in, in, of, in and of themselves. You know, we have counselors, we have teachers, we have administrators, you know, they're working with these children and, and, you know, working with these children. And then to get used to it, and then all of a sudden, there's a big gap. Mm-hmm. And they fall well, into the hole because there's no... so interesting because that's also when so many kids leave home where if they're not college-bound, they still, you know, are either expected or the time has come or they can't wait. But that's when they need the most amount of support. Mm-hmm. And it so it's almost, it doesn't exist. So we have to create it, I think, as part of the dilemma. Cindy, anything you want to add there? Yeah, as far as modeling mentoring in the high school level. So I, I hope to keep in touch with my current mentees. Um, I have three young ladies who are in 10th grade. But more importantly, what I hope that they um, gain from this experience is to see mentoring being modeled in a way that will incentivize them to seek that out when they're in the professional world and that they would know how to seek a mentor out. And whether it's formal or an informal relationship, that they would see the value in it. Um, I know at Children's Hospital in San Diego and Children's Hospital in Los Angeles and across the nation in many of our hospitals, part of the new grad program for new nurses includes a mentor that is with them for the first year uh, during their employment. And so I know that's huh. something that's being developed, at least in healthcare. And it's usually and is that a mentor on the outside side? of your unit. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. Is that on the clinical side, Cindy, or on the management leadership side, or both? It's, I've seen it in both. So I, I, I experienced it as a new grad uh, 14 years ago. I had a mentor that I kept my first year of employment as a, as a brand-new nurse to the ICU. This is Karen. Oh, wow. And then also at Children's Hospital here in San Diego, I became um, a nurse more in management and administration. I had an executive coach who provided that mentoring. And so I see it across healthcare. Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay, we're going to the last break that we take during this episode of Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. Please stay tuned for our last few minutes where we're going to talk about giving some advice to others and um Uh, anything else that comes to mind. So hang on, we'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. 
Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Hello, this is Linda Schub hosting this episode of Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. And with our guest today, Cindy Salgado, a registered nurse with an MBA who volunteers in a mentor program at the local high school, and Victoria Rivera, who's a teacher at Thomas Edison High in Alexandria, Virginia, and turns her program for young Democrats. She turns out leaders. Not just um, not just Democrats, but people who have the skill and ability to lead. So we're going to take this last segment and talk a little bit about advice we have forward and the use of internship programs. So, Cindy, would you want to start with us, or should Victoria start? Um, just a couple words about internship programs. Sure. So as far as uh, internship programs, that's definitely a critical component of the Academy of Business. And our goal really is to link our senior students into internship programs to expose them to, again, the work area that they might have interest in. Um, I also think within our hospital systems, we definitely embrace not only our volunteers, but internships. And so in our healthcare in our healthcare system, we definitely embrace volunteers and also our interns who have an interest in healthcare to not only expose them to healthcare, but also to see them in action and see if they are the right culture fit for the hospital where they're volunteering or taking an internship in. I think that's really important. I know in my field, which is organizational psychology, and given the fact that it's attached to psychology, um, the internship concept 
came out of the clinical supervision idea, but the organization development and industrial organizational psychologists, um, almost all the programs have some sort of internship where these folks go to work in a business, a company, a nonprofit, a public sector organization and start to understand, you know, how it works uh, strategically and holistically, not just whatever job they had in a restaurant or retail or they get a better understanding of what the difference is between leadership and and lack thereof. So, mm-hmm. um, Victoria, what about you in terms of internships or at this point we could go down final ad- advice you have for leaders of nonprofits? I, I have a lot of students who apply for internships, you know, at the high school level. And what I have found is that a lot of these students who are, I have, you know, I have a lot of students who are applying are not the traditional student. We have a school where we have a lot of immigrant students or first-generation students. And so I think what, what happens, what I've seen, is that a lot of these, these students do not get these internships. And I think a lot of it, the focus uh, might be, you know, you hate to tell anybody what to do, but I look at the, the internships and, and I'm thinking if you would just change your focus a little bit. We have, we, have a, we have underrepresented populations in any school campus, whether it's because of economic, whether it's a social, whether it's an ethnic, you know, a racial uh, component that's attached to it. And so we have this changing demographic. And we have, and this, these, these students, these children, that are part of that changing demographic are not the ones that are getting many times these internships or these, you know, apprenticeships. And I think that that is out worthy applicants, students that would do well. So we have these, yeah. under, like I said, underrepresented populations that, that could benefit from these types of apprentice, you know, for apprenticeships or internships, uh, things of that, of that nature. But many times... Well, maybe- Go ahead. But many times, I don't know if that's being considered in the selection process. It's not enough to look at a GPA is what I'm trying to say. There, there yeah. are other components. But I, that would be my advice to anybody who is giving these internships. It's a lot more than the GPA. Right, right, right. And I think that was part of what I was going to say is that I think part of the advice is just encouraging whether it's nonprofits, whether it's education, um, et cetera, business, uh, to provide internship opportunities, which are a little bit more difficult than we imagine to support and to staff, um, particularly these days. Um, so to me, one of the big pieces of advice would be try to uh, not only bring in interns, but make internship positions for people who are interested, whether it's in the Lung Association as a nonprofit or the Food Bank as a nonprofit, but in leadership development, you know, in the public and nonprofit sectors, in infrastructure of our society. How about you, Cindy? Final thoughts on internships or advice for nonprofit leaders? I think it's from my from my perspective is is really getting involved whether it's in your sector or outside of your area 
Um, I think that many of us, when we think about community service or getting involved, we think it's just one more thing and we're already so crunched for time, but it's uh, not only are you providing a service to the community, but it's also a great benefit for myself getting to know these young students and embarking on their path. It's been a lot of fun. It's been really rewarding. So I would say beyond your immediate causes to look out also how you can support other causes as well. Mm. That's good. Uh, anything else, Victoria, from you? I know it's hard sometimes to think of creating an internship program or a mentorship, but just in general, other thoughts or concepts to bridge this gap and to help the population be more successful. I, I think I, I think Cindy makes a good point about you know adults you know expanding their their horizons with regards to internships. And and you know and helping kids, you know, like doing exactly what Cindy's doing, you know, volunteering to do this to be a mentor for these students. I think that's very important. But I also think I would add to that that um, that the students themselves need to start thinking outside the box because the the, the the programs, the opportunities, are not going to come to them. They've got you know they've got to break you know through the paradigms. You know they've got to uh, realize that. They've got to go look for them as well. So they're queuing me to end the program, but I think what we're saying is for both leaders and the organization itself and the individuals, if they're high school students or have completed high school, that the goal is to demonstrate initiative, go look and see, ask, it never hurt, and um, keep focusing on leadership because it matters. Leadership matters. This episode, Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. Thank you both. You are wonderful guests. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another interesting program, and we encourage you to tune in to that one also. Signing off, Linda Shub, Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.